Thanks, Stu. Good morning, everyone. It's amazing sometimes that um, you put a word together and um, the media team now you, likes to have all your pictures and everything else in your texts, what you're speaking on about 10 days in advance. So a week last Wednesday, I gave them all the information that I needed for this message. Come Monday, if you looked at the, what was on the Facebook by Chris Laz, if you read it, you'll understand where I'm coming from when I'm speaking. On Tuesday, he sent out an email to the church, another part of my message that I'm speaking on this morning. And then we get Sarah this morning coming up and saying these things at the beginning. I'm going, is it any need, Lord, for me to get up here this morning and preach? <laughs> well, I hope there is, because that means it's working together, I pray. Uh, God wants to speak to us in a certain way. And we're going to be looking at Philippians this morning. You know, throughout this year, we've been looking at kingdom, what it means, what it involves, and where do I play my part. So today, I want to look at what is important. What is important? What is important to you, what is important to me, and what should be important to everyone? There are many things in our lives that could be of interest and are very important to me in what I do, and you could say, rubbish. There are many things maybe in your life you like and it's important to you. I'm thinking, nah, it's not worth it. We all have the differences on what is important in our lives. But there's some questions that is important to everyone. That is why it's a very important question. When we start to look at our own lives, it opens up many issues on what we value. What do we put first? What do we put aside for another day? What do we keep or what do we let go? So important means priority, significant, valued. Priority means goals, objectives and purposes. Significant means something of great importance, worthy of attention, large enough to notice. So it's important. Valued is something that we all want in our lives to be treasured. Usefulness, worth, beneficial, cherished. Paul writes to the Philippians church in 121 and he says, For to me to live is Christ." And to die is gain. For to me to live is Christ. What a fantastic statement in itself. But when you imagine that Paul at this moment in time was in house arrest in Rome by the Romans, didn't know when he was going to be released, didn't know if he was ever going to get out again, didn't know whether he's going to be killed. He turns around and he said, Is priority in life, even in that place? His purposes, his values, was all based upon a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we look at the book of Philippians, it's a book of joy, it's a book of rejoicing, and it's a book of the kingdom advancing. In spite of all Paul's circumstances, he encourages the readers in the midst of all his persecution to be always full 
of the joy of the Lord. That's a test in itself, friends, when we go through our daily lives. And Paul had learned that joy came as a result, not as a result of the external conditions, where sometimes we can be happy and sometimes we can be sad. A surface emotion that depends on the favorable circumstances of that time. But it was an internal confidence that God is in control. I want to say this morning, friends, have you got that joy of having that confidence within you that God is in control? I trust you, you have. For Paul, Christ was and is everything. Nothing and no one was important to him. He says, thought to me to live is Christ. Nothing could match this in his life. Even so to Paul, even death became a friend because he thought he'd bring him fuller into a closer presence with Christ. And throughout this letter, Paul mentions five times about the second coming of Jesus. The expectation, even at that time 2,000 years ago, was dominant in Paul's thinking. And that's always important, friends. But 2,000 years later, it should be in ours. As we see prophecies being fulfilled. When we look at this book, we see that Christian life is in terms of experience. It's not sterile. It's not static. But it's one of constantly advancing, of climbing, of achieving, of reproducing. It's an ongoing. And some verses here in Philippians, Paul writes to cover this. He says, being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out unto the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Whatever you might think about yourselves this morning, whatever you might be going through, I want to say this morning, if you're a Christian, there's a good work in you. If you're a Christian this morning, friends, there's a great work in you. If you're a Christian this morning, friends, Jesus is at work in you. It's a great work he has started. And guess what? He's not going to leave you alone, as already been said. He's not going to leave it so that you just get on with it and mess it up. But he said, he who has started a good work will carry it on to completion. He's going to fulfill it, friends, in our lives. He says, I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. That we will grow in our understanding, friends, and in our minds. That we be filled with the fruits of righteousness. That our conduct will be worthy of the gospel of Christ. It says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. In Philippians 2.12, in the New Living Translation, it says, Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Isn't that great to know? He's given you the desire and He's given you the power so everything's going to be good. Hold fast to the word of life. And that's no wonder why the Paul could say that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection in His life. Paul was a Roman citizen and yet he was, he was in imprisonment. But he goes on to say, 
this earth that we're going through is only temporal. We're only promised three score years and ten. And we're going through it rapidly. But friends, he says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly awaiting his return as our saviour. Isn't that great to know that our citizenship is in heaven, in eternity, it's going to last forever? He says, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that you have done. And then he goes on to chapter 4 and 19 and says, And this same God who takes care of me, and he knew what it was, will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Friends, our God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything that's at hand. He created everything. And yet he's, he's willing to take care of each one of us and supply our needs. It's no wonder why throughout Scripture, and we sing that song, for in, we, for in him we live and move and add our being. There's no holding back with Jesus. As we heard the other week, it's the Go Company. In my time, showing my age, it used to be Discs of Go-Go. But this is not with this. You see, the church of God is moving. And it says, and the gates of hell will not prevail. What does that mean? What does prevail mean? It means, friends, that we are with someone more powerful. We are with someone more superior. We are with someone who's in the ascendancy. We've got someone who's got more strength. And we've got someone who is more effective. Which side do you want to be on? Gates cannot march. But the kingdom of God is advancing and that can go forward. Amen? Whatever the devil and whatever man or leader's friends might do, no government, no politician, no school curriculum friends will be able to overcome the truth and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? It's exciting. God is on the throne and he's in charge. There's a song that we used to sing. I get so excited, Lord, every time I realize... Oh, some of you are happy about it. Okay, I'll do it again, shall I? I get so excited, Lord, every time I realize. Yeah, the devil is really happy about that. I get so excited, Lord, every time I realize I'm forgiven. Friends, we sang earlier about passion. There was a guy who was a minister at a church, he was down Newport Way. His son used to play in the group. And he left church to play in a group in a band outside. And his father, who was a minister, said to him, Son, why have you left the church? And do you know the reason why he gave? He said there was more passion in the world than there was in the church. So I'll say it again to you, friends. I get so excited, Lord, every time I realize I'm what? I'm That's better. Believe it. You know, Paul wrote this epistle. To thank him for the gifts and the love and support during his interment. Philippi was a thriving city. It was a colony of Rome. It was geographically in Cyprus. You can put the next slide up, please. In, in, in Greece. It was politically under the administration of Rome. It was a gateway between Rome and Asia. 
It was where Alexander the Great started his military campaign and conquered the world, as you can see, where all where they went. And the next. And from this little land of Greece, we see a place of development of the human body, where sport was the main aspect of it all, and it's where we get our modern-day Olympics. It's also a place of development of the human mind, from the ancient land of Greece came the thinker. It will come up. You've seen that? It's where the philosophers, the poets, the scientists all came from this small land. Things they discovered are still taught in education in our schools and development of today. It was also a place of power. The lust of power, the battle of the wills, to seek and to impose power and authority of the people's minds. We see it in many nations throughout this world, even today. We see it in Ukraine. We see it in war-torn countries, end up with people misplaced, loss of family, homes, famine, starvation, livelihoods, abuse, assaults, rapes taking place, sadness and misery all around. We've only got to look at our parliament and the selection for the next prime minister. With friends like those, you don't need enemies. The writer to the Ecclesiastes says, that which has been is what will be. And that which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Erika! No. The only thing new, friends, is when we come to Jesus Christ and ask him to come into our lives and make us a new creation. That's the only thing new under the sun. The Roman cities were places of commerce and trading, sport, colosseums, places where people would push for recognition the workplace, the position, wealth and sport, and to be known. I wonder if you was to do a, an interview this morning or a news program in a Roman city. I wonder what the following replies were. Sir, what's important to you? Oh, well, my business. Making money. Making me feel comfortable. Supporting my family. Miss, what's important to you? Oh, my family. See him get married. See him get positions. See him get influence. To the politician, what's important to you? Or to gain influence and power. To the gladiator, what's important to you? To live and to fight and to win. To the sports person, what's important to you? To be the strongest, to be the fastest, to be the fittest, to win the race, to be known, to be acknowledged, and have my face plastered everywhere. What is important? Many people get confused on what is important. The world looks at honor and wealth and power and prestige to measure people. We might even think that they're really getting on in life. Not a care or a problem in the world. Don't be fooled. 
The psalmist tells us in 62.9, on God's scales there lies a but a breath, a puff of air, adding of no significance in God's eyes. Friends, what matters, what counts, and what is important is when we put our lives on God's scales is what he sees. In our relationship with Jesus, our walk, our lives, our witness, our testimony. Jesus says, what should it profit a man if he gains the old world, yet loses his soul? It's important. So what would our answer be today? If we were asked this question, thought to me, to live. Would it be family, friends, workplace, business, sport, relaxation, my own, my car, my hobbies, my bike, my health, my finances, my pet, my hobby? All of the areas of importance, all of the areas of some worth. But at the end of the day, friends, what is and what is my priority? What is my passion? What is my purpose? Thought to me to live? Paul puts it as putting Jesus first in our lives. He doesn't mean he wants to carry out all these important areas that I have mentioned. But he wants to bring a new meaning, a new fullness, a new wholeness, a new richness to each area. It's about giving God his rightful place in our lives, in our marriages, in our homes, in our workplace, in our families, that Jesus is the center. No wonder why Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. If you want to be blessed in your life, friends, make Jesus the center. Right priorities grow out of a consistent dependency upon God. See, putting the right value and putting them into place brings protection and provision and perspective. Our outlook, our, our, our vision will increase because God, who is the unlimited, He will give us the strength and the courage and the faith and the ability to grow and move on because the church of God is moving on. Next slide. Please. So, what drives you a life? Who is your driver? It said, when a man and a woman without a purpose is like a ship without a rudder. And guess what? Those who don't know where they're going usually end up somewhere else. And Ecclesiastes says, and I saw that all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy to another. This too is meaningless. A changing after the wing. For who or what is guiding your life? The psalmist says the steps of the good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. I want to ask you this morning, friends, are you pleased with your life at this moment in time? Are you happy where you are and where you are with God? Is the Lord Jesus Christ allowed to be the guide of your life? Is your life one of peace 
or the turmoil or anxiety, striving but not achieving, not certain which way to turn or which direction to go on? Who or what is controlling your life? Is it an addiction? Is it drugs, sex, pornography, drink, TV? Is it poor relationships, influential friends, peer pressure, family, job, finance, poor attitude? You see, some might be driven by guilt, being manipulated by the memories and the regrets of the past which is controlling them. They allow the past to control their future. Some even punish themselves, and it hasn't been for their own doing. Some others self-harm to try and take the, the way the hurt and abuse they have received. In my time within the prison, so often I've seen people self-harming by cutting themselves, and I would ask them why. And in most cases they would say, it gives me freedom, it gives me release, it gives me relief, and it also makes me feel clean. Escape in the past. I want to say, friends, Jesus Christ has come to set each and every one of us three from the burden and from the sin and from every abuse you might have received and to make you clean and to make you loved and to make you feel wanted and to make you feel worthy this morning, friends. Jesus is the answer. Some might be driven by fear, maybe due to traumatic experiences, unrealistic expectations or missed opportunities. Fear can be crippling. It can be self-imprisonment, afraid to venture out, playing it safe, staying in the status quo. One John says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Friends, when we have Jesus Christ with his perfect love, he comes out and he dries out that fear. Some people might be driven by resentment and anger. They hold on to hurts and never get over them. So often they're not. It was my job was to se separate people because they were fighting in, in prison or having to go at each other and shouting at each other. And I'd ask them afterwards, why are you doing it? Well, she said that to me 10 years ago and he, she said that to me 15 years ago and they did that 20 years ago. And I got to go, honestly, my answer was, get over it, get a life. You see, friends, unless we're willing to forgive, we don't get release. And resentment builds up, and we clam up, or we blow up like these did, which could be un unhealthy and unhelpful. Some people are driven by materialism, thinking the more I get, the happier I will be. I want to say, friends, if you read the stories of the number of those people who have won on the lottery, most lives are more misery than they are happy. Just go look at the media, look at the pop stars, look at those who are fame and got, got fortune, and you read about their lives. Most is a mess. Because people's lives want to be driven for approval. They're worried about what people might think of trying to please everyone. Which can lead friends to a same dead end of their news potential, unnecessary stress, and unfulfilled life. As I says, I have laboured in vain. I spent my strength for nothing at all yet. 
What is due me is in the Lord's hands, and my reward is with my God. Is the past holding you back? Bad experiences, poor judgment, poor decision making. Negative words have been spoken over your life, a bit like a spinning wheel in a daze, confused, but no meaning and not getting anywhere. But taking a lot of effort. The psalmist says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. No wonder why Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery to the sight of the blind and set the oppressed free. That's the good news. That is important. Jesus knows the road you're on and he offers us his salvation, his love, his joy, his peace, his blessings, his promises, his favor. He brings life and light into dark and death situations. Realize, friends, you can't do it alone, that you need to change and it must be changed in the direction of our lives because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I wonder, friends, whether we are Christian or non-Christian this morning. Will we allow Jesus to take control of our lives? Will we place him into the center? Will we give him the wheel of our lives to guide us, knowing that everything he's got for us is of good? Maybe you've got a difficult decision to make in these coming weeks ahead. And right now, you're not certain, you're at a crossroads in life, and you don't know where to turn, to the left, to the right, go this way, go that way, this way, that way, and being pulled around. Let Jesus Christ into your decision-making. He knows what's best. And don't you want the best for your life? Because, see, when Jesus leads our way, he leads us beside still waters and he restores our soul. That is important. That's the place to be. Paul says to the Philippians, do not fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray, let petitions and praise, praises sharp your worries into prayers, shape your worries into prayers, let God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. But he says, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal and the prize of the upward calling in Christ Jesus. That is what is important. Paul knew his past had been forgiven. All that he had done against the Christian church and against Christians and against Christ. He was now a new creation in him. His future was secured and he knew that he was a citizen of heaven. And that's why he could say, 
for to me to live is Christ. Proverbs says, the worship team would like to come up, please. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord is in everything you do, and he will show you the right way. What is important? It's making Jesus the center of our lives. Make him a vital part in everything you do. And he will guide you and he will guide me. He will bless you and he will bless me. Because we are working out to accomplish his purposes. That's why Paul could say with confidence and with assurance in the midst of all adversity, for to me to live is Christ. I want to ask you this morning, friends, before we're just going to play a small video with an old song on it, Is Jesus the center of your life? Do you know him as Savior and Lord? I want to ask you this morning, are you willing to take Jesus Christ? Let him be the guide to your life. The words of the song says, Jesus, take me as I am. I can come no other way. Take me deeper into you. Make my flesh life melt away. Make me like a precious stone. Crystal clear and finely owned. Life of Jesus shining through. Giving glory back to you. And I'm asking you this morning, friends, whether you're a non-Christian and you're willing to put your life in Jesus' hands, come and see us at the end of the service. If you're a Christian here this morning, saying, maybe, Lord, I haven't always put you first, as I should, into the centre. And maybe this morning, friends, with me, you're willing to say, Lord... Wherever has gone, has gone. But from today, I'm going to put you in the center of all that I do and all the decisions I'm going to make because I want that blessing that you have promised. I want to follow your road and I want to follow your way. And while this song is, is singing on, on the video, if you will agree with me, friends, this morning, that you're willing to do that, doesn't matter what you've done in the past. I don't want to even look at that. Only from this day forward, you're willing to put God and Jesus the center. Then I want you to stand. And then I'll pray afterwards. Thank you. Jesus, take me as I am. I could Jesus, stay. 
commitment this morning saying Lord I want you to take me as I am and be the centre of my life and centre of my decisions let everything else other importance will come into, into shape and be blessed I'm going to ask you to stand right now where you are Jesus, we just thank you that you do take us as we are, warts and all. Father, we cannot do it ourselves. But Lord, Father, we thank you through your salvation, through your mercy. Lord, we are able, Lord, to be the people you want us to be. Father, I pray for each one standing here right now, whether in Rehoboth or at home, Father God, Lord, that we, we will say from this time, Father, be the center of our lives, be the center of our decision-making. Father God, that we will give glory back to you, Lord. Father God, that we will be excited, that we will have a passion, Father God, for you, Lord, and realize, Father, we're on the winning side, and that, Father God, the gates of hell will not prevail, Lord. You are marching forward, advancing and growing and moving, Father, and we belong to that. So the Father this morning, Lord, we want to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you put in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to do. And thank you, Lord, that we are a citizen of heaven right now, Father. And we're going to bless you, Lord, until we get there. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.